Good morning and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Saturday, January 20th. On today's show, a growing number of Senate Democrats question Biden's Israel strategy, while Biden and Netanyahu's visions clash for ending the Israel-Hamas war. Plus, election year politics threaten the Senate border deal as Trump and his allies rally opposition. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a shift in the political winds seems to be taking place in the Senate, where Democrats are beginning to question and push back on President Biden's unwavering support for Israel. This comes as the civilian toll in Gaza rises and Israel repeatedly ignores U.S. requests to modify its military onslaught. Here to discuss this further is our political correspondent, Alex. Alex, what's driving this change in the Senate? Well, David, there's a growing discomfort among Democrats, even centrist ones, with the president's bear hug of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. This shift has been particularly noticeable since the war in Gaza began more than 100 days ago. Senators from swing states, including Georgia, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, have signed on to measures that aim to hold Israel accountable or to shift American strategy. This comes as polls show a notable drop in support for Biden among young, Muslim, and Arab-American voters over his handling of the issue. What are some of the measures that these senators are proposing? A number of measures have been proposed. For instance, five Senate Democrats recently signed on to a measure that would condition aid to Israel on its compliance with international law. Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia is also rallying support for his amendment to stop President Biden from bypassing Congress when ordering weapons transfers to Israel. And earlier this week, 11 senators voted for a bill by Senator Bernie Sanders aimed at forcing the Biden administration to examine potential human rights abuses by Israel. How is the Biden administration reacting to this pushback from the Senate? Privately, Biden's frustration with Netanyahu has been growing as Israel repeatedly ignores his requests. However, the president seems committed to persuading Netanyahu through private appeals rather than public declarations. There is no serious discussion inside the White House about changing the strategy in any significant way. But Biden allies are increasingly willing to say publicly that the strategy is not working. What are the potential implications of this shift in the Senate? Could it lead to a change in U.S. policy towards Israel? It's too early to say, David. While these measures signal a shift in the politics of the Democratic Party, they are unlikely to garner enough support to pass. However, they do reflect an increasing unease among Democrats about the U.S.'s unwavering support for Israel, especially as the civilian toll in Gaza continues to rise. This could potentially lead to a broader debate about U.S. policy towards Israel in the future. That was Simply Politics reporter Alex. Thank you for your insights. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have finally spoken after a nearly four-week gap in direct communication amid fundamental differences over a possible pathway to Palestinian statehood once the fighting in Gaza ends. Here to discuss this further is our foreign affairs correspondent, Stephen. So Stephen, what can you tell us about this conversation between Biden and Netanyahu? Well, David, the conversation between the two leaders comes at a time when their relationship is showing signs of strain. 
Biden and his top aides have been robustly supporting Netanyahu, even in the face of global condemnation over the mounting civilian death toll and humanitarian suffering in Gaza. However, Netanyahu has repeatedly rebuffed Biden's calls for Palestinian sovereignty, which the US president believes is the key to unlocking a durable peace in the Middle East. It seems like a difficult situation. What is the stance of both leaders on the issue of Palestinian statehood? Netanyahu has made it clear that he will not support a Palestinian state as part of any post-war plan. On the other hand, Biden reaffirmed his commitment to work toward helping the Palestinians move toward statehood during their phone call. The US president believes that the aspirations of the Palestinian people need to be considered while discussing post-conflict Gaza. And how are these differences affecting the relationship between the US and Israel? The differences are certainly causing some strain. The regular cadence of calls between Biden and Netanyahu has slowed considerably. Their 30 to 40 minute call on Friday was their first conversation since December 23rd. Both sides are also dealing with domestic political considerations. Biden, a center-left Democrat, and Netanyahu, who leads the most conservative government in Israel's history, are finding their political ideologies increasingly at odds. What are the implications of this strained relationship for the future of US-Israeli relations and the Middle East peace process? The growing differences between Biden and Netanyahu could potentially complicate the US-Israeli relationship and the Middle East peace process. However, Biden has not given up on the idea of winning over Netanyahu. He believes that there is a new dynamic in the Middle East in which Israel's Arab and Muslim neighbors stand ready to integrate Israel into the region once the war ends, but only if Israel commits to a pathway to a Palestinian state. That was Simply Politics reporter Stephen. Thanks for shedding light on this complex issue. As election year politics heat up, a bipartisan deal on border and immigration is under threat, with opposition from the hard right and former President Donald Trump potentially derailing the compromise. Senators are working on an agreement on border measures that could unlock Republican support for Ukraine aid, but the deal is already shaky. Here to delve into this further is our political correspondent. So, Helena, what are the main points of contention here? Well, David, the main point of contention is the nature of the border deal itself. Trump and his allies are demanding more sweeping concessions from Democrats and the White House. Trump has been vocal on social media, stating that he does not think a border deal should be made unless it includes everything needed to shut down what he calls an invasion of people. And how is this impacting the negotiations in Congress? The opposition from Trump and his allies is putting immense pressure on the negotiators, particularly House Speaker Mike Johnson. Despite the policy negotiations shifting significantly in the Republicans' direction, skepticism is running high among conservatives, creating a precarious moment that could determine not only the future of U.S. immigration and border law, but also the future of Ukraine as it faces dwindling U.S. supplies in its fight against Russia. What is President Joe Biden's stance on this? President Biden is pressing lawmakers to agree on a deal. The high number of migrants who have come to the U.S. border during his term is seen as a major political vulnerability in his re-election campaign. He has expressed readiness for a big deal on the border. What about the Republicans? How are they responding to this situation? 
Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has been strongly advocating for the deal. He believes that the border package, which he insisted be paired with Biden's $110 billion request for war aid for Ukraine, Israel, and other national security priorities, is a rare opportunity to get stronger policies through Congress. However, House Speaker Mike Johnson is facing opposition from far-right House members who are unhappy with his willingness to work with Democrats. It's clear that this is a complex and politically charged issue. We'll have to wait and see how these negotiations unfold. Indian politics has seen a significant shift in recent years, with religion taking center stage. From L.K. Advani's Rathayatra to Prime Minister Narendra Modi's Pran Pratishtha, the journey has been full circle. Here to discuss this further is our political correspondent, Helena. So Helena, how has religion become such a dominant force in Indian politics today? Well, David, the incorporation of religion into politics in India has been a gradual process. Before Advani's Rathayatra, religion in politics was not mainstream, although some politicians and parties did exploit religious sentiments for electoral purposes. However, in the Modi era, religion has taken center stage and no party can afford to ignore it. Today, within the domain of a secular constitution, religion is dictating terms in politics. How does this shift compare to the views of India's first prime minister, Jawaharlal Nehru? Nehru believed that in a plural society with diverse faiths, the state should not be seen to be aligning with any particular religion. Gods and faiths should remain in the private space of an individual. For him, secularism did not mean negation of the religion. Secularism was respect to all religions. Today, however, religion has been reduced to exhibitionism, largely due to its politicization. It's often said that Mahatma Gandhi was not against mixing religion with politics. How does this fit into the current scenario? Yes, Gandhi did say that those who say that religion has nothing to do with politics do not know what religion means. But for him, religion in politics meant the primacy of ethics and moral values in politics. Politics for him was the search for truth. Today, politics is largely about electoral gains by all means, and it is true for all parties. Since the BJP is better equipped to milk the religious sentiments of people, it is far ahead of the rest in electoral politics. How has the BJP's rise impacted other political parties, particularly the Congress? The rise of the BJP has run parallel to the massive decline of the once hegemonic Congress. Increasingly, Congress leaders are temple-hopping to show that they are not opposed to Hindu religion. Amid preps for the consecration of the Ram Temple, no leader or party can say they are opposed to the mega event. The Congress has said it has decided to not visit Ayodhya on the 22nd of January, but no one has said they will not go for a darshan of Ram. Either before or after the inauguration, a few Congress leaders have already visited Ayodhya. It's clear that religion has become a central factor in Indian politics. How this will impact the future of the country remains to be seen. That was Simply Politics reporter, Charlotte. All right, that wraps up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.